In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Last Friday was the Feast of Epiphany, and it's our custom to move Epiphany to the next Sunday so that the whole church can celebrate it together. Epiphany is both a particular event and a general theme. It is the manifestation or revelation of Christ to the Gentile Magi, and it is a season of meditation on the various ways Christ is revealed. Christmas is an historical event, a fact, something that happened in Bethlehem 2,000 or so years ago. The Son of God became man. Epiphany is the way that event is made known. God reveals the incarnation to chosen people. Epiphany begins in the Christmas story as the birth of the Son of God is revealed to certain shepherds as they watch their flocks by night. Behold, said the angel, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It continues in the infancy narratives as Christ is revealed to Simeon and Anna in the temple and today as Christ is revealed to the Gentile Magi by a star. Epiphany season will go on to highlight the revelation of Christ in his baptism, in the miracle of Cana, and in the healing of a leper and a centurion's servant. Epiphany never really stops. It continues in our own stories of how we have come to know, how we have been led to Christ, the Son of God. The method of revelation is curious from the beginning, and this curiousness is at the root of many objections to God's method of self-disclosure. Think of it this way. How does the creator of the universe proclaim the news that he has begotten a son of the Virgin Mary? Does he thunder his voice from heaven and demand that all come and pay homage? Does he make the earthquake while miracle-working prophets proclaim the good news to all? No. He sends his angels to some obscure shepherds in some remote field. He gives the news not to the priests and Levites in the temple, but to two minor actors in the daily temple drama. He gives the news to Persian stargazers living hundreds of miles away. The mystery of Revelation is embedded in the question the Magi ask. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? They asked this question publicly in Jerusalem because they assumed that an event of such universal significance would be known to all or at least to the leadership of temple and nation. I mean, if the stars were proclaiming it to these guys at such a great distance, surely all who were actually there would know. But all who were actually there did not know. In fact, very few who were there knew. This is the mystery of Epiphany. God reveals his son to chosen people. And God conceals his son 
from others. As Jesus said in prayer in Luke's Gospel, quote, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. The Christmas story is full of the mystery of God's choice. Why did God choose Mary among the virgins of Israel? Why did Simeon and Anna recognize Christ in the temple while many priests, Levites, and temple servants were unaware? Why were certain shepherds, not each and every shepherd, but certain shepherds led by the angels to the manger? Some to whom Christ was revealed were devout and sincere. Mary was a faithful and pious Jew. Simeon was, quote, just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Anna served God day and night with prayer and fasting. But Christ is also revealed to Matthew, the tax collector, to the sinful woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears, and the woman caught in adultery. It seems that God reveals himself to those who seek him, whose hearts are prepared to receive him. But then Christ reveals himself to Saul, as Saul is engaged in the very activity of violent opposition to Christ. The mystery of election, of God's choice, continues in our own lives. We have all had some form of epiphany, some star, some event or series of events which led us to Christ. The star may have been a faithful parent or relative or friend. It may have been something wonderful or tragic that happened. It may have been a miracle. It may have been some experience by which Christ was revealed. It may have been the ability to discern how God worked providentially in the events of our lives to bring his good out of evil. For some reason, you are here at the altar of God, saying amen to the creeds and receiving Christ in the sacrament, while others are not here and do not have those privileges. And privilege is the right word, as Jesus said, Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. Of course, it is a privilege we try not to keep to ourselves. We talk a great deal about mission. We try to be agents of revelation to other people. But nonetheless, some towards whom great efforts are made remain unbelieving, while others towards whom little or no effort is made come to faith. This is why we should never forget that evangelism is rooted in prayer and conversion of the heart requires an act of revelation by God upon the soul. God is, in fact, everywhere present. Mission requires that we continually pray 
that he will heal the spiritually blind, that he will open eyes so that people will see. These are the things we reflect on during the season of Epiphany. Epiphany is a season to think about how we have been led to Christ and to pray that God will continue to reveal Christ to us in new ways. As Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. God sent his son into the world to be born on Christmas Day. Now, on Epiphany, God reveals his son to the Magi and to all who are given eyes of faith to see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.